I said certified beak. It's the fourth week. Wet ass turkey make your stretch pants weak. <laughs> oh my you God. be munching on some wet ass turkey. Bring a napkin and a something for this wet ass turkey. Give it everything you got for this wet ass turkey. That's as far as I got on my song. Okay. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Gobble, gobble, mother fluffers. Gobble, gobble. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to our uh, American friends. Uh, Happy Thursday to everyone else. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this is our 100th regularly scheduled episode who would have thought we'd be around for this long right that's bonkers i fully expected us to get bored after episode two at least three give everybody a chance a chance <laughs> maybe we should a stroke. Have. <laughs> um give everyone a chance to present at least once mm-hmm. um so hopefully today is filled with food and friends yes family if you like them hopefully nobody's talking too much politics but if they are Maybe show them one of our episodes to get them to shut up. Hey, there you go. Perfect idea. Like this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went through all sorts of different ideas on what to research for this. I was like, can I find something around 100? Can I find something around Thanksgiving? And the answers were no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then I tried to find something that would encompass a little bit of all of our favorite things. <gasps> oh, okay. Sprinkles or bubbles? I'm surprised you went the sprinkles route. A little bit of our favorite topics to cover. Got it. Got it. Okay. Flat Earth and... Well, I was thinking more like conspiracy theories. Weird history. Death. Ah, History. Okay. Penises. (gasps) Did you get all of that in one story? No. Oh. I probably could have, but I'm doing a shallow dive into a very large... (laughs) subject well tiff is real good at connecting dots that aren't there so we'll just let her go there we go so you just see if you can fit in all of the things perfect okay so we're going to be talking about sherman ranch any relation to ranch dressing no there's funny there's a podcast that had one that was called sherman ranch dressing um (laughs) but i didn't listen to that one okay how about the ufo ranch I'm excited, but no, I don't think I've ever heard of this. How about Skinwalker Ranch? <gasps> that I have heard about. <laughs> oh, so man. those are all things that this place is referred to. South of Ballard, Utah, boarding the Ute Indian Reservations. It's a huge piece of land that's approximately 502 acres. <gasps> How many haws? <laughs> approximately 207 haws. Oh, I love it. <laughs> The property is filled with countless myths and legends, including UFOs, alien sightings, cryptids, crop circles, and Navajo witches referred to as skinwalkers. I am so excited, and I'm never going. (laughs) (laughs) For more than 150 years, the Ute Indians have lived on the neighboring reservation that covers 4.5 million acres. How How many many haws? A lot. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
1,821,085.39 Haas. Jeeba. Is that our biggest Haas ever? <gasps> we tried to haw to the moon, but you said that wouldn't work. Yeah, because that's a linear <laughs> distance. <laughs> I mean, you could probably figure it out. No. But yes, that is our largest Haas. Oh, yay. Okay, we're calling it quits. Good night. Um, <laughs> and they have said that the bordering ranch is, quote, on the path of the skinwalkers and have forbidden any tribe members to go near this property still to this day. A skinwalker is believed to be a malevolent shape-shifting witch of Navajo people that has terrorized the Ute Indians for hundreds of years. Before the Ute found their way to the reservation, they were a warlike people who lived in the areas around Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. For a time, the Ute and Navajo tribes fought together to protect their people and property, but later the Ute would acquire horses from the Spanish and begin to abduct Navajo people and sell them off into the New Mexican slave market. Oh no, I don't like that. Later, some of the Ute tribes would even join a Civil War military campaign against the Navajo and force the Navajo to be expelled from their land. However, many years later, the Navajo tribe would work their way back to their homelands. While trying to reclaim it, it was believed that they put a curse on the remaining Ute tribe as retribution for their previous backstabbings. Got it. Okay. Shortly after the Navajos returned, the skinwalkers began to haunt the Ute people. It is believed by the Ute that the presence of the skinwalkers in the Yuntah Basin extends back at least 15 generations. And it's believed that they live in a place called the Dark Canyon, which is located near the reservation and the ranch. Okay. On board so far. Over the generations, there are multiple counts of the skinwalkers in the area surrounding the ranch and the reservation. The accounts vary from appearing as a large, black, hairy, humanoid figure to... Did hum- you let your husband out? <laughs> Not in Utah. <laughs> Those Mormon women would snatch him up. Um... <laughs> a hard-working man. He doesn't want to have that many babies, though. Sorry. So, the accounts vary from appearing as a large, black, hairy, humanoid figure to a figure with a human body and dog heads. There was like the Egyptian god? Is that set? Possibly. The encounter that I read about were, I believe it was actually two either government or military officials that saw what appeared to be two men standing on the side of the road smoking cigarettes. And as they got closer, they realized that they were human bodies with dog heads smoking cigarettes. And they just got a glimpse of them as they were turning the corner. And as soon as they had a chance to register what had actually happened, they were gone. But there was two smoking cigarette butts on the ground. Wicked. Hmm. Quick question. Do either of you ever hear about something or like read about it in a story and then when mm, this question isn't going to come out clear i've read a lot of books that have uh quote skinwalkers in them and my little fantasy books and they always vary a little bit so when you said skinwalkers i was like okay what is real well legend and what have i read in my stories and i'm having a really hard time separating them oh (laughs) jesus well i believe skinwalkers vary from culture to culture okay So for the Navajo skinwalkers, they are shapeshifters that can change from human to animal form. And the animal form that they presented is very canine. Got it. Okay. So I believe skinwalkers can vary depending on the culture and the lore behind them. But for this particular one, it's more human to canine. Thank you. You're welcome. So you can keep your little fantasy world over there. Just maybe not about these guys. So they are very canine, like I said, human bodies with dog heads, but they are always described as being incredibly fast and have large coal red eyes. Um, And they are said to leave huge tracks and destruction wherever they're spotted. 
The ranch, which is so beautifully named after these creatures, first belonged to the Myers family in 1905 and consisted of just a few small buildings at the foot of the ranch. Over the years, they would move around to different buildings on the property, but it was always just a couple small houses Mm -hmm. here and there for the family. By the 1930s, the ranch belonged to Kenneth and Edith Edith. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Miss Myers. By the 1930s, the ranch belonged to Kenneth and Edith Myers, who lived on the property until 1987. And by all accounts, they lived a normal, peaceful life. That doesn't give any, uh, what am I trying to say here? Evidence, support to the skinwalker? The only thing that I found that happened when they lived there is they had a strange man come to the door asking them for water. And he appeared to disappear when he walked away. But that's the only thing that I came across in my research. And even that's questioned. Yeah, that's not quite weird enough. No. Especially compared to what goes on further down the line, which more could have happened and they could have written it off or thought, you know, didn't want people to think that they were crazy. So they didn't say anything. Or maybe they, you know, kept to themselves and didn't bother them. So they were like, no, we'll let them slide. Or, you know, if their family's been on the property since 1905, they didn't leave until 1987. Fair. They might have just been like, this happens. So let's just let it happen. I don't know. Like if anybody moved into your house, they'd be like, what the fuck? And you're like, oh, no, that's it's fine. It happens. It's fine. Don't worry about her. She's cool. Even though strange occurrences were reported by their neighbors and the people in the Unita Basin, including multiple reports of UFOs, these sightings would begin being reported in the 1950s and would continue up until this day. The reports included strange fireballs and silent aircrafts that ranged anywhere from 20 feet wide to hundreds of yards across. Oh, Jesus. There's one account where they said that it was about 200 yards, which is two football fields, which seems a bit dramatic, but also I'm not judging. I mean, but do people really know what six inches is either? Men don't. Valid. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just thinking more along the lines, like if some random hovercraft came down on me, I'd probably be like, it was 30 miles wide. Yeah, but like at the same at the same time when Waze tells me, turn in 500 feet. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Can you tell me how many stop signs I'm going to pass? Right? Uh, I need concrete evidence. See, whenever I see like turn in 500 feet, I kind of know where that is now because I've used GPS so much that I'm like, oh, pff, that's like six car lengths. I'm good. It's probably not six car lengths, but I can see it. That's you can a lot see more than it. If each car was a hundred yards long. See, the best thing about being friends with me, you, is you make an excellent point and then immediately debunk it. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So they could be round, oval, triangular, cigar shaped, and could emit beams of light or be surrounded by glowing lights. Um, some people even claim to see figures in the windows or the portholes of the crafts. By the 1970s, there were so many reports of UFO sightings that they stopped being reported by the Utah Highway Patrol. What? That That's a lot. They were just like people, especially, I mean, in the 70s. There probably were a lot of people that thought that they saw something. <laughs> Are there any military bases? Bases, thank you, in it's, the area. In this particular area, a lot of it is surrounded by Indian reservations and uh, protected oh. areas. So no. Ooh. No. Ooh, fascinating. <laughs> After, 
They stopped doing their jobs. <laughs> um, after the Myers family left the ranch in 1987, it would remain empty until it was purchased by Terry and Gwen Sherman in 1994. The couple moved in with their two children and their multiple, let's say, bundles of livestock. Menagerie? Their menagerie of livestock. Look at you with the big words. Thanks, Rebecca. I don't know why bundles of livestock. Like, we got a bundle of six cows over here. I don't like the image coming to mind right now. Ground beef? No. <gasps> uh, <laughs> no. The Shermans purchased the property, I'm assuming sight unseen, because when they arrived, they were surprised to find that every door and every window and every cabinet was dead bolted shut. That's excessive. Some from both the inside and the outside of the house. That's creepy as blank. Even the doors inside had locks on them. The cabinets in the kitchen had locks on them. That like is real creepy. Heavy duty deadbolt locks. And I thought it was creepy that my parents' house has like, you know how like in normal houses you just have like the button locks to lock the doors from one side like they have doors they have doors in their house where it takes like a full-on key to open and i'm like why not just the like get something that you can poke in there yeah it's like a (laughs) full-on key and i'm like maybe that's why i feel feel weird in some of the rooms the townhouse i lived in with my friend uh, with a previous roommate the pantry had a deadbolt lock in it or on the outside of it and that freaked us out we just, we lived there for a year and moved on. It was fine. We were drunk the whole time. Diets so are hard, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but it was on the outside. I like, just got this yeah, image of out, like, like locking you out of the pantry. Or like you were thinking they were locking someone in the pantry. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Put a blanket down, lock me in the pantry. I'm good. Meanwhile, the image I got is like Ashley locking her pantry, telling Hagrid not to give her the key and then her crying in front of the door as he wouldn't give her the key. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but you told me. I, I just want to I'm so hungry. You just ate. I know. Just look at his snack hiding spots, which is apparently everywhere. I have lots of snack hiding spots, including places I forget where they are. Did you ever find that popsicle? No. (laughs) (laughs) Follow up question. Are you sure you had a popsicle? I am 100% (laughs) sure that I had a popsicle because I palmed it and put it on my leg when I walked past my kid to go to the laundry (laughs) (laughs) For those of you listening who have no clue what's going on, Ashley tried to hide a snack from her child <laughs> and lost it, sent down a popsicle somewhere, and it is now missing in her house and getting real sticky. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> so everything was bolted, you know, no big deal. Um, they also found large iron stakes with heavy chains that had been installed on either side of the house, which they assumed were to be for guard dogs. The first day the Shermans were on the property, they spotted a large wolf in one of the pastures. As they watched it, it continued to get closer and closer to them. As it got closer, they realized this animal was about two to three times as large as a regular wolf. No, thank you. It was silver with what has been described as glacier blue eyes. The family watched in shock as the creature continually approached them, completely calm, um, until it was so close that Terry was able to reach out and pet it. Did he pet the mysterious beast dog? Mm-hmm. Ashley would have too. Uh-huh. Um, I would have been like, come here, baby. It's okay. I would have it- felt so bad. I would have been like, oh my God, did they let some dog loose on the property when they moved? And now he thinks that I'm his people. <laughs> did the skinwalkers like just want to make sure they were kosher? I don't know. Huh. The animals- I mean, kosher is in like, cool. Not like <laughs> the wolf can eat them during Sabbath or something. <laughs> That's not what kosher means. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone 
anyone listening and pro- that might have gotten highly insulted, Rebecca knows what kosher means. Please don't add us. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend. There are things that pop into my head that should stay there. And I don't know how to keep them there. <laughs> don't keep them. That was beautiful. This is how I learn, Rebecca. Exactly. At us. Teach us things. Don't eat oh. them during Sabbath. <laughs> like they were kosher. They could eat them during Sabbath. Not, no. Oh. oh, that was beautiful. I mean, maybe. I don't know their It's not how that preferences. works. No. no. If you, you don't know how skinwalkers choose to eat. I thought you're talking about Jewish people. No. <laughs> I don't know that skinwalkers celebrate Sabbath, but that's fine. Do, 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 do. So the animal stayed close to the family for a while and then just turned and walked away and began to make its way back to the fields. Not only had the appearance of the creature attracted the attention of the family, but many of the animals in the close corrals began keeping an eye on it too. As the creature was walking away, it grabbed a hold of one of the calves that was sticking his head through the corral. Uh-oh. Terry and his father ran up to the animal and began beating it in an attempt to make it release the calf, but it had no effect on the creature. They had a metal pipe and a baseball bat and were beating this thing. Didn't even phase him. So Terry shot the animal at point blank range in, I believe, his ribs with a 357 Magnum. Oh. But the animal didn't let go. Didn't phase him. What? Um, You should stop and let him have the calf. Right? But it's a baby. (laughs) How? It's it's fine. I mean, it's been sacrificed for the greater good. And, I, I get know, that they were put. The, spoiler alert: they have animals that they raise to eat, so they're they're okay. Every uh, cow's a dairy cow. No, continue. That's literally how you run out of cows. <laughs> <laughs> you of all people should understand how procreation works, ma'am. Um. So after the second or third shot, the creature let go and just calmly walked away. Um, They remembered distinctly that there was no reaction from the animal. And even more strange, there was no blood or wound from the shot. No. Go inside, lock both sides of the door, drink something. (laughs) Lock both sides of the door. (laughs) Who's going to deadbolt the outside? Don't question my methods. Okay. So the men followed the track of the animal for about a mile in an attempt to scare it away from the homestead. But suddenly the tracks just ended. Uh Uh-uh. Bitch jumped in a tree. <laughs> no. Because wolves are climbers. Uh-huh. Especially wolves are wounded skin ones. walkers. They didn't know at the point at this point. They thought it was just an angry wolf. I'm telling the the listeners that it was a skinwalker. Oh, in case they hadn't caught on to the subject of skinwalker ranch. Continue on with your story. So a few weeks later, Gwen was in her car on the main stretch. So there's only one road that comes in and out of the ranch. Yeah. Of course, there's like pathways and stuff once you get back there. But there's only one road that leads to the main road. Um, And encountered another wolf-like creature whose back was as tall as her car. No, Jesus. So when he walked past, she was looking at like his side. This is and his ribs. important. What type of car? I'm I assuming know. since it's a farm, we're talking like a... Big truck, truck or like an SUV type deal, not a Fiat. Uh, well, I mean, if you think about it, the first one that they saw, they said was two to three times as big as a regular wolf. A regular wolf is probably like, what, three, maybe four feet high. So like King Ranch or something, car, so, truck. Yeah, but that's really tall. That's like eight feet tall. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no. Typical wolf is between 2.2 and 2.7 feet tall. So we're looking at like... Six, six feet. That's six still and a half to seven. That a is a lot taller than I would like for no. you to be. She said he was accompanied by what appeared to be another dog-like creature, but she couldn't identify him because he ran by so quickly. She contacted the tribe office and asked what they could do about these, what they could only identify as 
wolves and was told there was no way there were wolves on the property as no one in the area owned any wolves and none had been documented since the last one was shot in 1929. So the real question is, who did they not like that was assigned to be observer of wolves? Uh, Well, some people really enjoy doing that. Did no one get the Timothy Dexter reference? Who was assigned to be observer of deer because no one liked him. That was way too smart of a callback for me. I I'm like so it. sorry. You did a really good job, <laughs> I, Rebecca. I didn't say it wasn't wasn't good. It was just over my head. It was a really good callback. We're not that uh, someone retentive. out there appreciated it. Is it, it not Kudos kosher? to you, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the Sabbath. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I do know those are separate times of the year. <laughs> the Sabbath is Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> about I'm thinking about lent no <laughs> it's around lent what was it hanukkah no no that's not around lent either what did our friend just go through where he oh, couldn't Rosh- eat Rosh- that one yeah oh my God. well he couldn't eat kosher then either so never mind <laughs> no. i'm cultured i know things <laughs> oh. Over the next two years, the Shermans and their neighbors reported seeing multiple strange animals in the area, including exotic, colorful birds that are not native to the region, and a tall, dark beast that resembled Sasquatch. Oh my god, two for one. Yeah. Bigfoot, I'm telling you, I tried to hit a couple ones, man. Look at you. Um, at one point, they saw a strange, I saw dog, hyena, and fox-like creature. Okay. Let's put it all in there. Canine-ish. Canine-ish. Attacking one of their horses. They described the animal as low to the ground and heavily muscled. They said it appeared to weigh about 200 pounds Mm-mm. with curly red hair and a bushy tail. What? I guess that's where the fox like maybe came into play. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Terry claimed that the animal vanished before his eyes as he approached. When they checked on the horse, they found numerous claw marks on his hind legs. A few months later, the neighbor claimed to have seen a similar beast running across their property towards the cattle, but they were able to scare it off before it attacked. Gwen would also speak of what many believe to be paranormal activity, where things would go missing or disappear only to reappear in a random place. Like a hairbrush that vanished for days only to show up in the freezer. Like your popsicle. I was about to say you're a popsicle that vanished for days only to show up in a puddle in my laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the house denied moving these. Was that a word? Did I say a you word? Did. <laughs> Wow. Everyone in the house denied moving these objects and all had things of their own disappear. On many occasions, the Shermans, as well as their neighbors, saw strange lights and flying objects, including more than a dozen on one evening. One night, they were out checking on some of their cattle and saw what they believed to be a headlight off in the distance. They thought it was a trespasser or one of the ranch hands, but as they watched it, it got further and further away until it eventually took off and went airborne, getting a few feet above the tree line. It appeared to move very slowly, but even more notably, completely silently, until eventually it shot up and disappeared. In one instance, Gwen was at the ranch alone when she noticed what looked to be an RV or trailer in the field about 200 feet from the home. Keep in mind, there's only one road into the home Uh or into the ranch, which she locked 
religiously because, you know, weird shit's going on. And randomly, there's like an RV or trailer out in one of the fields. Okay. As she looked into the window, she saw what she described as an almost seven foot tall man, which I don't know what seven foot tall man could fit in an RV or trailer. Yeah, no kidding. But it Uh, was the 80s. Who knows? I know of someone who is not quite seven feet tall, but who's a tall, tall dude. And he does. Well, fits in a trailer. Yeah. Does he have to like bend over? I mean, to get in the door. Yes. But once he's in there, he's fine. Hmm. And he appeared to be dressed like Darth Vader. (laughs) What? What kind of um, plants were they growing on the farm? I didn't see anything about gardens. Oh, okay. Well, just livestock. You know, mushrooms do like to grow in manure, though. She called Terry, who immediately came home. But by the time he arrived, the trailer was nowhere to be seen. They went out to investigate the next morning and found what looked like a boot print, but it was 18 inches long. Um, on top of all of these events, they also reported pastures unexplainably lighting up in the middle of the night, almost as if stadium lights were turned on. And by the time they got up to investigate, they would shut off. Mm-mm. They could hear sounds of heavy machinery that seemed to be operating underground. No, thank you. Mm. Mole people. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that that's really what it was, but uh, strange disembodied voices that sounded almost to be like they were going through walkie talkies Mm-mm. and speaking unidentifiable languages were heard all around them. Mm-mm. So they would go from like hearing it out in front of the house and they'd realize it and then it would sound like it was over here and then over there and then all over the place. No. And crop circles of flattened grass would be found in random fields and pastures. At this point, that's NBD. Crop circles, right? Yeah. Well, that's eh, fine. I kind of felt like crop circles were like more prevalent growing up than they actually are. And it makes me really sad that they're not very prevalent. That's kind of the whole point, love. That's why they're... Did you watch a documentary that had like seven different ones and you just thought it was like a common occurrence? No. So my dad and I watched a lot of History Channel growing up and they had like the alien episodes. Yeah. yeah. You just have to say I watch a lot of the History Channel and we're like, we get it. Got it. Um, On multiple occasions when they saw UFOs, they would also experience death or disappearance of the animals on the ranch. They lost up to 20% of their cattle herd. Some disappeared without a trace while others were found dead and mutilated. 20% of your profit right mm-hmm. there. That Just sucks. Disappearing or like being totally oh. mutilated. One of the cattle that disappeared seemed to have been magically lifted from the snow. Its hoof prints led into a field and then just stopped. The ground was littered with broken twigs and branches and the trees around it looked like the tops had been cut off. Um, one of the cattle that had been mutilated had a perfect hole in the center of its left eye. What? <gasps> what? But from what they could see, it was otherwise untouched. Terry, for whatever reason, decided to stick a wire into the ah! hole. <laughs> and it went straight into the brain. No. <laughs> Another cow was found in the exact same. See, look, I'm just touching on all the bases, making people uncomfortable, <laughs> talking about aliens. It's a good day. Um, another cow was found with the exact same hole in its eye, but also a six inch round and one inch deep hole carved out of its rectum. Oh, geez, Louise. (laughs) Wow. If you want to know the difference between me and Tiffany, the past two minutes are it. (laughs) I just like, ow. I was going to make a chode comment until you said rectum and just like, ow. (laughs) It's only one inch deep. But um, one of the last cows that was killed was said to have been seen by the Shermans just a few minutes earlier. Its legs were spread and its entire body cavity had been hollowed. What? 
In all three cases, there was no trace of blood, but a chemical odor was apparent, and there was no evidence of predators, footprints, tracks, anything leading up to the animal. It was just there and mutilated. Okay, so logical brain Tiffany says aliens are fun to think about. They're not real. Did I hear things like this? I'm like, they have to be real. They have to be real. Not necessarily that last one. That last yeah. one. So I s- heard differing accounts, but the most common one is they were out tagging calves and they were in one pasture tagging a calf over there and they started making their way to another one. The dog that was with them started going bananas and running back towards the first field that they were just at. They got there. The mama cow was like pacing and going crazy and obviously distressed. And then they saw the baby and they said that it was within like 30 minutes of them being in that field and coming back. Mm -mm. So obviously something had gotten into it, but there was no sign of attack. There was not anything to show that like an animal had gotten in there. But that's that. The final straw, which same came in May of 1996 when Terry was sitting on the porch with his three dogs. He had three little blue healers. Oh, no. And noticed an orb darting around in the field. The dogs bounded after it, and it was almost as if the orb was like flying around and hovering like it was playing and taunting with the dogs. No. Well, Terry realized quickly that it was pulling them further and further away, and it led them into the thick brush surrounding the field. And despite his attempts to call them Uh -uh, back, uh -uh. the dogs continued to follow the orb. Um, He heard the dogs let out loud yelps, and then it went completely silent. After the dogs failed to return home, he went out to find them the next morning, but he only found three round, black, greasy lumps inside of patches of scorched earth. What? Ashley. I try to count on you for no animal or dog deaths, at least. I'm sorry. Says the one who literally talked about dogs jumping Jumping off off a a bridge. Look, accidents happen. Mistakes were made, but, you know, at least we're going to Scotland now since we go every place we talk about. (laughs) We could have gone there for the Selkies. Be quiet. Right? We could have touched on other things, ma'am. And I don't normally touch on that, but that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. That's fair. After nearly two years of these horrific occurrences, the family began to speak out about everything that had been happening on the property. They spoke with multiple journalists and authors who were already working on stories about the sightings in and around the Unitaw County region. The Shermans decided to sell the property, but before they got the chance, they were approached by Robert Bigelow, who was a believer in UFOlogy? UFOlogy? Sure. And the founder of the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDS, and he offered to buy the ranch flat out for $200,000, contingent on a non-disclosure with the Shermans, who agreed not to speak with anyone about the events on the ranch. He established a compound on the property. 200000 for an entire ranch? Mm-hmm. Get it, boy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> After trying to buy a home, I'm like, damn, that's impressive. Animals but, are dying, Tiffany. I know, I know. I'm sorry, but damn that number. And they had already started to talk yeah. to the press. So he, you know, they were probably like, yes, we'll ca- cash, we'll take it, goodbye. He established a compound on the property filled with PhD level investigators, scientists, high tech equipment, and a 24 hour security detail. They immediately began collecting evidence, interviewing neighbors and others who had claimed to have similar experiences. However, the investigators admitted to, quote, difficulty obtaining evidence consistent with scientific publications and with little evidence or success to present NIDS was disbanded in 2004. And then all this shit started up again. However, (laughs) Robert was not going to stop there. He began Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. 
Ba-ass. Ba-ass. <laughs> Which is even more of a secretive program, and it was aiming to obtain a partner with a government sponsor. In 2007... The Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, which was an effort funded by the United States Defense Department to study UFOs, was based on Skinwalker Ranch. Quote, something else is in control, and if it wants you to find out, it may allow that. But if it doesn't, this thing keeps morphing and changing into, you know, new shapes and forms. We had cameras there and things that happened just off camera, sometimes in front of the camera, but you would never be able to see them. So, like, they would see something happening, and the camera would be pointed there, but it wouldn't show up on any of the footage. That's um, a, some advanced hmm. witchcraft. A- advanced? Alien? Science summarized by Tiffany. Advanced <laughs> witchcraft. That's advanced. Black well, magic wasn't witchcraft. Wasn't this supposed to be witches from the Utica tribe? Was it Utica? Navajo. Navajo. Did you oh, just that's right. name the place from the office? I did. <laughs> As the word was coming out of my mouth, I thought, nope, that's not right. That's but not right. <laughs> it's the Ute tribe and the Ute Navajo tribe. Thank you. You're welcome. So the program was run in complete secrecy until 2017 when the New York Times broke a story that a Department of Defense official had confirmed the program's existence and that over $22 million had been spent on and involved multiple government officials, including Harry Reid who was apparently a longtime friend of Robert Bigelow and the Nevada Senate Majority Leader at the time. Today, most of the study remains classified and has never officially been acknowledged by the Department of Defense, except they admitted that the program was shut down in 2012. How long before they are required to release that information? Isn't there... There is. I don't know what the length of time is before they're required to release previously confidential information. I mean, it'll probably be a while because it was 2004 when they got involved. And the last major evidence that got released was the one I covered with Tom DeLonge yeah. in the space episode. And that was from like the 50s or 60s. And okay. it just hit the point of where they had yeah. to release it. So before I die. Maybe. Hopefully. We'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> So the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies lost its funding and the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program contract had expired and was not renewed. The ranch was sold to Adam Tium Holdings in 2016 for a rumored $4.5 million. That is a turn on investment. Mm, Just a skosh. Took me a second to realize what you said. I was like, yeah, that's a turn on. But no. (laughs) But I get what you were saying, yes. Oh, <laughs> Tiffany. And there she is. She brought it full circle. Just like you said at the top of the episode, she would do it. Well, she already mentioned chodes, so like she did. Yeah. Fair. So the road that leads to the ranch has been made private, and to this day, there is no access to the property. So we could go on for hours about the stories surrounding Skinwalker Ranch. But if you want to have more details and see more evidence... If you'd like to call it there, as of March 31st this year, there's a show on the History Channel. Yeah, uh, The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. This is the first production crew that's been allowed on there since they took it over in 2016. Yeah. Um, and it provides a inside look into the current owner, his team that they assembled, and the search for the unknown at Skinwalker Ranch. Thanks to our sponsor, History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the Skinwalker Ranch. Well, a very small look into the Skinwalker Ranch. There are literal podcasts based on this place. That's Entire podcast so cool. about that. Wow. 
So uh, there you go. That's really cool. Thank you for covering that. Absolutely. Good 100. Yeah. Man. 100. Wow. We, we touched on it all. There was some murder. Murder. There's a lot of murder. There was some alien, some paranormal, some penis references. Like you, you touched them all. And history. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. A little bit of theory. Bravo. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Oh, yeah. Gobble, gobble. Mother fluffers. On that note, well, <laughs> remember, friends, everyone has a Tiffany in their lives. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wow. Get rid of that this, person. Everybody that hears this does. <gasps> oh, I'm so sorry for you, honeys. <laughs> I'd say get rid of that person, but I really like you listening. Thank you. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, friends. On that note, remember, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why sometimes it's not. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com. Feel free to tweet at us or send us pictures of your Thanksgiving dinner. Bonus points if you know the difference between stuffing and dressing. Or you can email topics to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the ladies of strange. Keep it strange, lovelies.